Well, it's so good to be with my Tableview family and so good to be in View Church. Come on, somebody. Best church on the planet. I don't care what you say. It's the best place to be. It's nowhere else we'd rather be. Nothing else we'd rather do than lift up the name of Jesus. And I just want to honour your lead pastors, Pastor Andre and Pastor Leanne. They're just the best of the best. And... Uh, we're raised in the ministry. They're still speaking to our lives and they're still, we follow their example. Um, I just took Andre's example to a whole nother level. Where? And you know, we actually dressed white shoes, black, so it's just unity on a whole, whole different spectrum. Well, it's my absolute honor and privilege to be sharing God's Word with you tonight and serving you this evening. How many people know that God's Word is alive? God's Word is living, it's active, it's powerful. And so the power of God's Word is that even long after you leave the service, the Word hasn't left your spirit. That it's still working long after you've forgotten it in your mind, it's still working in your spiritual man because it's alive. And so it's not listening to someone's opinion, it's not listening to some extra literature, it's actually inviting God to strengthen your spiritual man. We're more spiritual than we are physical. And so when we talk to God, it's not about information because God knows everything. He knows your past, He knows your present, and He knows your future. In fact, we're going to believe God to do three things tonight. Maybe one more than the other, but three, probably all three of them for each person. The three things is we're going to believe God to heal you from your past. We're going to believe God to equip you for your present. And we believe in God to prepare you for your future. Heal you from where you've been, to, prepare, to equip you for where you are, and prepare you for where you're going. We're going to believe, can you believe God for that tonight? But it doesn't come through because of an exchange of information. It comes and it takes place, not because if you shared more information, but because you've actually given Him access. So when you talk to the Lord, you're not telling Him things He doesn't know. That's why I was like, when I have to, when I confess to God, God, am I telling you things that you weren't aware of? No, you know everything. You know my past, my present, you even know my future sin. So when I confess to you, it's not because I'm informing you. I'm just saying, you know, I have access now to bring healing. And so tonight when we pray and we say, God, I'm about to receive your word. I'm not saying I'm going to tell you something new. Or I'm saying, Lord, I'm giving you access to speak into my life. And I know that I'm not just, you know, the speakers and the screens carry my image and my voice to your ears, but it's His Spirit that carries His word to your heart tonight. And He's knocking on the door of your heart and He's asking you, can I bring healing to your past? Can I equip you for your present? And will you allow me to prepare you for your future? Because if you are, then I'm going to come in. I'm going to fill you from the inside out. Entheos, God within. I love it. That's how Christians work. The world works from the outside in. Christianity works from the inside out. The equation is not get all the things right equals close to God. The equation is come to God and He gets all things right. He makes us new. And so we're going to be speaking about relationship goals. 101. So whatever your relational status is tonight or aspirations thereof, whether you're single, come on, where are all the single people at? You've got to let people know that, come on now, tell the truth and shame the devil. Some of you need to get out of that person there, come on. If you're single, at the end of this month, I'm going to release my first book, How to Get a Date as a Christian. First chapter says, isn't your name Jericho? Because if I walk around you, won't you fall for me? Anyone want to hear chapter two? Chapter two says, I put the stud in Bible study. Come, let's read God's Word together. At the back end of chapter two, helps out some other people. The people that it helps out, it helps out a young man. I believe a young man tonight received this Word. You need to move in this tonight. Maybe outside in the connect area because what God has brought together, let no man come on now. 
anything can happen in God's house tonight. Maybe you need to swap chairs and go sit somewhere else where you should have sat. For a young man tonight, maybe you just need to go up to that young lady and say, you know what, you're a nine out of 10 and I'm the one you're looking for. Come on, that's gonna, I'm I'm just here to add some value. I wanna help somebody tonight. So no matter what your relational status is, whether you're single, it's complicated, friend zone, may God heal you in Jesus' name. Because only the anointing can break that bondage. Come on now. You're engaged, you're married, whether you're divorced or remarried, I'm saying, God, heal me from my past. Equip me for my present. And Lord, won't you prepare me for my future? It's not about information tonight. It's about transformation. And that only happens through access of the Holy Spirit saying, God, I want to hear from you tonight. I want to hear from your word. I'm receiving it with an open heart and an open mind. So if that is you tonight, if you do want to receive this and allow God to have access, then I want to invite you now for a couple moments. Service is only two, maybe three hours long. You don't do it like, okay. First time guests, welcome. But I want to invite you not to inside a building. What a terrible thing it is to go to someone's house but not spend time with the person you've come to see. The Holy Spirit is here. He's the great helper. He'll help you hear God's voice if you give Him access tonight. He'll help you get healing. He'll help you get restoration. He'll help you get surety, confidence. He'll actually rebuild you. And He can do that tonight if you'd give Him access. So I want you to pray with me tonight. Pray and ask God yourself, speak to me tonight. Speak to me, Lord. Will you pray with me tonight? Say, Lord, I just thank you so much that you're here. Jesus, that that your presence, when your presence is liberty and fullness of joy. And by faith tonight, I believe God, things that I couldn't lift by myself, you could lift and make easy work of it. Nothing is too hard for you. And so Lord, I give you access to my past. I give you access to my present and I give you access to my future. Heal me, equip me, prepare me for what you have in store for me tonight. Lord, I wanna hear my Father's voice. I wanna be in my Father's house. I wanna know what His will is for my life. And Lord, I lift all these people before you. I lift anyone up before you right now that might feel a bit anxious, maybe heavy burdened, heavy laden, Lord, maybe a little worried about the future. I pray you give them a peace that transcends all understanding. I pray you give them a God confidence from heaven that whatever season they face themselves in now, they can come to their Father's house. They can always call on your name. And that because they give you access, we can receive healing in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. Okay, well, we're gonna get straight into God's Word tonight. Thank you so much. Weren't the team phenomenal this evening? I mean, you guys are just next level. There are some disclaimers, I'm gonna be honest. Some disclaimers are, I'm gonna be really clear tonight because to be clear is to be kind. It's because the less ambiguous Uh, an instruction is, the more certain your steps will be. So if there's more ambiguity, the less certain your steps. But if there's more clarity, actually it saves you and builds a deeper conviction. So I'm going to be really clear tonight because I want to be really kind tonight. God has a design for your life. God builds what He designs and blesses what He builds. God builds what He designs and blesses what He builds. So we can't build what we want and ask for His blessing. We need to say, what is your design? And we find His design in two ways. We find His design through His written Word. That's the Bible over here. That's the Logos. And then we find His design through the Rhema Word, which is spoken through His Spirit and through His people. You with me tonight? And so I'm going to be answering the first, there's three questions we're going to answer tonight. I'm going to be answering the first question. I'm going to find my answers in the memo. Good luck to you. 
So I'm gonna answer the first question. You have to answer the other two. You actually have more work than me tonight. And the first question is this. What is Christian marriage? What is Christian marriage? That's my question I'm gonna answer and I've got the answer book, so that's okay. Good luck for you guys. Your questions that you need to answer is, is this God's best for me? And is my life pleasing to Him? My question to answer tonight, what is Christian marriage? Your questions to answer tonight, is this God's best for me? And is my life pleasing to Him? So I'm gonna answer the first one and then you can answer the other two at the end of the service. What is Christian marriage? I'm so glad that you guys asked that question. It would be terrible if you asked another question tonight. I, just, I wouldn't be prepared, but I'm prepared for this one. So great. What is Christian marriage? And I put emphasis on Christian because the world defines marriage differently than the Bible does. And it's very important to make this distinction. It's not the same thing. They call it the same name, but it's not the same thing. How many people know that's the truth? There's a difference between worldly marriage and Christian marriage. Because how you see marriage will define how you approach relationships. How you see marriage shapes how you approach relationships. If you only see marriage as a contract between two people, that will have an impact on how you approach your relationships. If it's just a legal agreement that's binding two individuals, you will approach relationships very differently from the way the Bible describes marriage and relationships. So a contract is based on what? A contract is based on mutual mistrust. So if you contract someone to do work on your house, you say, well, uh, uh, I protect my rights and I limit my responsibilities. That's a contract. I protect my rights and I limit my responsibilities. That's what a contract does. If you do, then I do. If you don't, I don't. That's how the world defines marriage. That's not how the Bible defines marriage. It's not defined on mutual mistrust. And I'm gonna be honest with you, if I wasn't a Christian, marriage doesn't sound like a good girl. I'm like, marriage sounds like a prison sentence. It's like crazy. I'm not a Christ- if I'm not a Christian, this sounds like a legal agreement. Just binding, it's crazy. It's like, but I would not get married if I wasn't, I'm gonna ask you, I wouldn't get married if I was a Christian. Why would you do that? Sounds crazy to me. Because it sounds like a pretty decent deal if you're not a Christian, because I mean, you share the bed and split the bills. Okay, no one else. Me neither. I mean, you share the Netflix, you share the Wi-Fi, but it doesn't work out. Actually, statistics show us, secular studies show us that Relational success decreases for those people who cohabitate before marriage. Not Christians. Worldwide studies show that people who live together before they get married have a lesser chance of having relational success. In other words, dying as a married couple without God. It says, actually, if you cohabitate, your chances of success go down. Well, why is that, Dino? I'm glad you asked again, asking great questions tonight. The reason why your chances go down is because you're fully entangled but not fully committed. You're fully entangled but not fully committed. This is the world's way of defining marriage. So you move in together, you split the bills and it seems like a good deal. You have a dog, the dog turns into a baby. Well, not actually into a baby, but you have a baby after the dog. Like, it doesn't like turn into like, like, like the, the bark changes. That doesn't happen. I don't know if it happened with you. But this is different, this is different because if you're fully entangled but not fully committed, every fight could be the last fight or be the fight that breaks you up. So the premise of a worldly marriage is, is this forever? The premise of a Christian marriage is, this is forever. 
And because this is forever, we can fight with actually, we can actually fight with insurance that I know what tomorrow's gonna look like. But when it's only a contract, if you do, I do, if you don't, I don't. And this fight could be the last fight. Can you see how that breeds insecurity? All that does is increase pressure and decrease commitment. And what we do is we play house, we play marriage, and then we practice divorce. That's, that's the deal. But that's how the world defines marriage. I said I was gonna be clear. I might even be extreme. I might even be abnormal, but I promise you, you don't want normal. I don't want normal. God doesn't want normal for you. You know why? Because normal is disenfranchised. Normal is anxiety laden. Normally is broken. Normal, normal is baggaged. Do you want normal? I don't want normal. I tell you what, God doesn't want normal. God wants His best for your life. And there is a design that we're gonna find out what Christian marriage is. Are you with me this evening? What is Christian marriage? Let's see what Jesus says about Christian marriage. In Matthew chapter 19, from verse four, he's quoting Genesis chapter one. He's quoting the Word of God. He says, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. They are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, meaning God should have been in the decision-making process. What God has joined together, some of us have made decisions by ourselves and said, won't you bless what I've decided? What God has joined together, let no one separate. It doesn't say it's a contract. He actually, he's saying it's a covenant. There's a difference. A, a contract is built on, like we said, mis, a mutual mistrust. A covenant is built on spiritual commitment. And, and so it's not 50-50, it's 100-100. In the world, the equation is 50 plus 50 equals 100, or half plus half equals one. That's not the equation in, in the kingdom. In the kingdom is one plus one equals one. So I'm fully holding Christ and you're fully holding Christ and I was fully holding Christ. It doesn't say two become one plus one equals two. It says one plus one equals one. Two whole people, the two become one. And so when we follow His design, we receive His blessings. It's a covenant. A covenant, the word covenant in the Old Testament in Hebrew is bereth. Everyone say bereth. Wipe down the back of your necks. I'm going Anyway, the back row is like blessed, like no one was behind them. It's the word bereth. It means cutting and the shedding of blood. How they made covenants back in the Old Testament was they would cut a bull in half and two people making the agreement would walk through the bull seven times each and say, if I break my end of the contract, if I break my end of the covenant rather, may what happened to this bull happen to me. How many people know that's a, that is a covenant with a capital C? What, if I break this covenant, what happened to this bull, I'm saying let it happen to me. That's what God means. That's why He sent His Son to make a covenant. He shed the blood. He broke Himself for us. He died on our behalf so that we wouldn't have to uphold, because we could never uphold the whole, that, that part of the covenant. Only Jesus could. And so Christian marriage is very, very different from worldly marriage. So Christian marriage isn't something you practice for. It's something you prepare for. I don't rent a whole bunch of houses in practicing buying one. I remember when I was uh, younger, 17 years old, so about four or five years ago. <laughs> anyway. I don't know if Andre still preaches this way, but he preached down the line. Like there was no, you knew if you were in, going to heaven or hell. <laughs> every, every week, like you knew. There wasn't like, I wonder where I'm going. <laughs> like, you burning, <laughs> I'm joking. Or you're praising. <laughs> like it was clear. And he was really down the line about relationships as well. Like you just knew whether you were living in sin or not. There wasn't like a gray area at all. And remember, clarity is kindness. 
Because clarity earlier actually saves a whole lot of pain later. The enemy actually works in chaos. He works in, he's the great deceiver before he's the great accuser. So he wants you to live in like this ambiguous, like chaos, like what is this ethereal? No, 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 let's be clear so we can be kind, so you can make good decisions. And I remember him preaching and after his sermon, I asked him like, okay, cool. So as a Christian, like what's the deal with like dating? And like, what's the line? What should, like, what can you do? Like, how are you supposed to like treat your like girlfriend? Like, if you know what I'm saying. Andre knew what I was saying. <laughs> knew exactly what I was saying. After I got up off the floor and he hit me, Andre came to my son and says, Andre is saying, okay, uh, this is what the Bible says. This is the Bible standard. You should treat him or her like a brother and sister. I said, you're sick. I said, I've heard of things in the deep south of America. No, I'm trying Hillbilly country. I said, you're sick. He says, you should treat them like a brother or sister. He's, he, you could see, I'm a slow learner. So you didn't see the penny really drop. I was like. He says, okay, you know the principle about sowing and reaping? I said, I understand. Sowing and reaping, I reap what I sow. Well, I will, yes. What I sow, I'm going I'm to reap. So he said, okay, if your girlfriend is potentially someone else's wife, would you want someone else kissing your wife? I said, someone kisses my wife, I'll help them meet Jesus face to face. Someone touches my wife, it'll be para, para, paradise, if you know the Lord. Or it's getting hot in here. Either way, someone touches my, someone touches my wife. <laughs> well, Andre says, well, if you don't want to reap someone else's hugs and kisses on your wife, don't sow hugs and kisses on someone else's wife. Because you reap what you sow. I understand that the penny drops. Like, oh, yes, okay. Because God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. And saying, well, Dino, what, I asked him, what, what if I've given away some of my husband kisses? He says, that's the beauty of the gospel. The gospel doesn't make you better. The gospel makes you new. We don't abuse that grace, but God can actually, reta- he can actually refill your relational bank account. So we don't spend our relational equity before we get married. We save it. So that one day when we stand at the altar, we don't say, hey, look how much I spent on everyone else. Look how much I saved for you. It's very different from worldly marriage. Are you getting, an, are you understanding what the word of God is saying about relationships today? Ephesians chapter 5, and the team can come up. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. Not even a hint. What? That's crazy. I heard this when I was 16. I thought, sure, good. Yes, I needed to. (laughs) My friend needed to hear that. It wasn't me. (laughs) Not even a hint. Andre preached this straight down the line. He's like, Neda. Jesus is watching you. You guys don't know that? It's going to help you. Jesus is watching you. Oh, we can do better than that. Come on, 6 p.m. Jesus is watching you. Excellent. That's going to help you. That helped me. Just like, Jesus is oh, Jesus watching me. So how do we live with sexual integrity in a culture that celebrates sexual brokenness? How do we live with sexual integrity in a culture that celebrates sexual brokenness? Again, you guys are asking great questions today. What we do is we have a vision from heaven. We have a design from our Father and we live according to His design. I think some of you have been following the wrong map. You've been building on the wrong blueprints. But that's the power and the beauty of the gospel. It doesn't make your blueprints that you have better makes the blueprints that you have new. 
And He says, I'll give you a brand new start. I'll give you a brand new chance to start from scratch. Some of you need to break up. <laughs> Don't say amen if you haven't broken up with a person yet. It's like, amen. Like he's, he's right there. The preacher said it. You knew it. Come on, you knew it was coming. Blue ticked you for like a week. I attended the 10 a.m. this morning hoping you wouldn't be here anyway. It's because I have a vision for my life. I've got a design for my future. I've got healing for my past. I've got equipping for my present. And God is preparing me for my future one day. Christian marriage is very different from worldly marriage. God makes us new. It's not, what do we learn? It's not a contract based on mutual mistrust, but a holy covenant built on mutual commitment. It's not 50-50, it's 100-100. Marriage is in a practical arrangement. It's a spiritual commitment. This is my part that I've played tonight to help you define what Christian marriage is. This is God design. Remember, we started the evening by saying, God builds what He designs and blesses what He builds. I can't live outside His design and say, bless my life. I can actually make a decision. Don't say one day, say day one. Right now, I'm gonna live to honor Him. There's an amazing scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could hope, dream, or imagine, be glory in the church and for all generations. So there's a key. If you want unrestricted, that unimaginable things take place in your life, you need to give Him unrestricted glory in every area of your life. So if you want like the unimaginable future partner, you need to give Him unrestricted glory with the season you have right now. Every part of your life, give Him glory. Every part of your world, give you glory. You need a fresh touch from heaven. You need to give Him access. You need to give Him access tonight to touch you, to speak to you, to move, to heal, to mold, to heal, equip, and prepare. My first question that I needed to answer was what is Christian marriage? Now it's your turn to answer some questions. Is this God's best for me? And is my life pleasing to Him? You can take a horse to the water, but you can't make a drink. I can't answer these questions for you. I'm praying the Holy Spirit would help you tonight answer these questions for yourself. Is this God's best for me? If it's not, I need to make a change. Not by myself, by the power of the Holy Spirit in a wonderful community. And is my life pleasing to God? You can begin tonight by saying, I'm gonna live a life that's pleasing to God. It's not about getting it all right equals close to God. Just draw close to God and He's going to help you get all the other things right. That's the equation. Giving Him unrestricted glory. Come on, let's stand to our feet tonight. I want to read one more scripture over you this evening. It's in Acts chapter 3. It's an old school word, but it has such a powerful meaning. Verse 19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord I think so many of us have been looking for times of refreshing in the wrong places we, we try and refresh ourselves get other people to refresh us but he says repent which means turn to Him turn away from living your own way by your own design just turn towards God and He says He will wash you clean and He will refresh you He will make you new he will give you that fresh start. Some of you need a fresh start in your, in your singleness. Some of you need a fresh start in your marriage. 
Some of you, things didn't work out and you need a fresh start in life. Well, the fresh start doesn't start in your hands. It starts by placing your life in His. Giving Him access, full access to your past, full access to your present, and full access to your future. It says, repent, turn to Him tonight and say, Lord, I'm gonna give you unrestricted glory in every part of my life. Every part of my life, I'm sold out. Do you know what it means to be sold out? It means there's no more bartering. There's nothing left on the shelf to barter. It's actually all, I'm sorry, I'm all sold out. I've given that all to the Lord. So I want you to close your eyes right now. And I wanna pray for you tonight. He's saying, Dino, this isn't a prayer of salvation first. This is, a, this is the prayer of commitment. This is just like, I'm talking to Christians right now. If you're not a Christian, your first step isn't getting these things in order. Your first step is accepting Jesus. But I wanna pray for, if you're a Christian tonight and you wanna, and you're saying, Dina, I need to honour God more in this area of my life. Then I want you to pray this prayer. Pray, say, Lord, wash me clean and make me new. Help me to build according to your design. Lord, is this your best for me? And is my life pleasing to you? As you ask that question, I pray the Holy Spirit would, would convict you to live for greater. Would convict you to live for more. The enemy condemns you because he knows your past. The Holy Spirit convicts you because he knows your future. And He's calling you to greater in the future right now. Don't step back. I want to encourage you. Step up. Say, I am going to live that life that gives Him glory. I am going to give Him praise. I am going to give Him every area of my world. All. Everything. Holding nothing back. Then tonight, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't have a relationship with Him, maybe you know of Him, but you don't have a relationship with Him, then I want to encourage you. This is your moment. This is your day. The Bible says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. No one else can make this decision for you tonight. I'm praying the Holy Spirit be working in your heart. If you're here tonight and you do not have a relationship with Jesus and you want to begin this relationship with Him, then on the count of three, you're saying, Dino, that's me. I want to start this relationship. I'm choosing today for myself, not because of the house I grew up in, not because of the school I went to, not because of the place I live. No, I'm choosing myself. I'm choosing for myself that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and say, Dino, include me in this prayer. If that's you here tonight, saying, Dino, I'm giving my heart to Jesus. Tonight is the night I surrender at all. Choose this day whom you will serve. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and say, include me in this prayer. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you. I'm giving, I'm giving my heart to God. That's me tonight. Raise your hand. Say, I see that hand over there. That's awesome. Anyone else? You're saying, that's me. Tonight's my hand. That's awesome. Another hand over there. You're saying, that's me. The hand at the back over there. Anyone else? You're saying, that's me. Include me in this prayer. Raise your hand. Say, I'm giving my heart to Jesus. At the back over there, that's awesome. I see that other hand again. Then we're going to pray all together and then we're going to worship God together. I want us, everyone to repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Come on, let's pray with some conviction. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank You for coming for me and dying as me. Tonight I receive you as my Lord, my Saviour, and my King. I repent. Wash me clean. Make me new. And I declare, today is a new day. Today is a new dawn. Today is a fresh chapter. And I promise to worship you and serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, can we celebrate with everyone who gave their hearts to God tonight?